I am very excited to talk to uh, one of my new friends over at Children's National Hospital, which is very near and dear to my heart, uh, Dr. Paspuletti. Uh, she is an expert in children's, obviously, epilepsy, and she's agreed to come on and talk with us a little bit about something that I'm really passionate about, um, which is epilepsy, because I have a almost 18-year-old son that was diagnosed about five years ago. And I've learned so much in the last five years, but also it's National Epilepsy Awareness Month. And I'm really uh, excited to be able to share uh, a little bit about epilepsy, how to behave around someone around epilepsy. And um, Dr. Paspuletti has agreed to come on. But before we get started, tell me a little bit about your background and, and how you got started at Children's and, and specifically focusing on epilepsy. Thank you so much for having me on the show today, Kelly. My name is Dr. Chana Paspaletti. I'm one of the epilepsy doctors um, at Children's National Hospital in Washington, DC. So I specifically focus on treating children who have seizures um, and sometimes difficult to control seizures. So part of my work is dealing with infants with epilepsy, but also I'm um, involved in a lot of advocacy and looking at epilepsy from a multidisciplinary perspective. That, that that's great and 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 I I do want to say with with epilepsy it is such a like a for people that don't know a lot about it it's a wide spectrum you can have you know children and people that have seizures multiple times a day or uh, you can have children um, that are able to control their seizures with medicine and 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 it's sort of more of a rare occurrence but sort of a lifelong um, diagnosis so we, I have learned so much and thanks to the the doctors and the staff over at Children's, um, as we've sort of entered this new world, when my son had his first grand mal seizure, which is sort of uh, a, a tonic, uh, I guess a tonic seizure is a, another word to, to, to call it. It's It was a sort of a striking thing. It kind of came out of nowhere, um, sort of dropping to the ground and shaking and, and, and passing out. I had never witnessed the seizure. Um, when that happened, it was sort of a surprise for all of us. Um, and then a few days after spent, spending a few days at Children's Hospital, he was diagnosed with epilepsy. We're still kind of honing in on what type of epilepsy it is because um, there's just been so much research and um, evolving of, of, of epilepsy treatment and protocols. I'll stop talking because I think you're better qualified to explain what is epilepsy. Um, thank you again for sharing your story because you've really highlighted why an understanding epilepsy can seem so daunting. It looks different in every individual, but in general, we talk about epilepsy by talking about electrical disturbances in the brain. So just like our heart has electrical activity to make it beat, our brain also has electrical activity to make it function. So epilepsy occurs when there's an electrical disturbance in the brain networks. So sometimes during a seizure, you may have extra electrical activity that starts at one small localized area of the brain, or sometimes it involves the whole brain. So it can each seizure can look different. So in the case of your son, when you saw the whole body shaking and you saw him passing out, oftentimes it means that the seizure often involved the whole body. But other times seizures can be so subtle, they can be just staring, um, they could be repetitive movements, or sometimes people think, you know, the individual is just daydreaming. And really, it comes down to understanding the brain and the brain networks. 
which is not an easy thing to do. No, the brain is definitely amazing, but it's also such a mystery. And every day we keep really learning a lot more about what's causing the networks to um, sort of fire rapidly, what's causing seizures to take place, and how can we actually treat and stop these seizures? Yeah. So, uh, you know, my son has um, while well, he had he's had had several grand malls over the last several years. He does have a, um, a photosensitive um, to sunlight, natural sunlight. So he his eyes flutter a lot and um, it's still trying to determine whether that is sort of a little mini seizure or a type of seizure. Um, we're working through that. Uh, I want to say we're very fortunate that, you know, he's his seizures are for the most part um, controlled with medicine that is over the counter, very low um, side effects, if any. Um, so we're really lucky in that way. But, um, you know, one thing, because I've just recently started sharing my story because we kind of kept it private for a while. Um, with my son, Ryan, we noticed he had some hand waving and some fluttering before he had this grand mal seizure. Those were probably warning signs of something neurological that was going on. What what can you, if anything, can you do to kind of like predict or understand that your child might have epilepsy um, without a formal diagnosis? Or is it even genetic? Can you look back to your own family history? So again, such a great important aspect of your story that you're sharing is you looking back before Ryan's first seizure, you're wondering, did I miss something? Could I have maybe identified something that was going on earlier? And I think that's a question a lot of people ask when they get a new diagnosis. And again, the presentation of seizures vary greatly. And while there might not be clear warning signs in individuals or children, we start talking about, you know, have you seen changes in attention? Are they having learning difficulties? Have you seen any slowing in developmental skills or milestones that they may not be achieving? Or are there abnormal movements or jerking that you can't stop or that your child or um, your family member really feels like they just can't control it? If these are things that you're seeing, we really encourage you talking to your pediatrician or your primary care doctor, um, taking videos of these movements and these events, mm -hmm. and then often seeing if an, it's appropriate to have a referral to a neurologist or an epilepsy specialist. I, yes, and I'm so glad that you say that. The videos is key because I wish I had done more of that. Um, I had an inkling and I thought it was something the internet was telling me there was something neurolog neurologically going on there. And we had already had an appointment at Children's to talk to a doctor about it before he had his grand mal. And I say this because um, I want to share it. it. I'm a daughter of a, of a physician, an ER doctor. And he said when he would always have children come into the ER, he would say, get me the mom, get me the dad. What do they think is going on? Um, and so if you're a parent and you think something's going on with your child, whether it's epilepsy or anything else, you know, follow, kind of follow your gut and, and be, be an advocate for your child. Because I, I, luckily the grand mall, he was fine as far as like he didn't get injured because there is a threat of injury when you have a full on seizure, but, um, stick with your gut parents. I, I you know, I say that all the time. And I, you know, I really would emphasize that Kelly, it's. Oftentimes, um, families get an inkling that something is not right. They might not be able to tell you what it is, but they feel that there's a change in behavior or there's some movements or some things that they're observing that just aren't their child or their family member. 
And so the more details you can give us, um, and I, that's so helpful because often we, epilepsy is not just um, a clinical diagnosis. There's a lot of tests we can do, but really the story and what you're observing really helps us try to figure out what types of seizures, if it is a seizure or could anything else be going on. And you mm -hmm. asked another important point, if you have a family history of epilepsy, should you be on more high alert or um, sort of should it cross your mind a little more? And, you know, there are many, many different causes of seizures. In, it may run in families and oftentimes 40% of cases do have a genetic component or a link. And, but we've only really been able to identify maybe two to 3% with our genetic testing. So if there is concern, again, we ask that you talk to your pediatrician, talk to your family doctor, get an evaluation with a specialist. And there are other causes of seizures. So it might be that it's an infection. It might be that there's something else going on structurally or that there's been an old area of injury. And that's something that we can do to help you figure out, one, are these seizures? Is this epilepsy? Or if it's not, we can direct you to the appropriate care and try to figure out the next best steps. Yeah, so that's a really good point that not all seizures mean that you have epilepsy. Uh, so that, that's, that, that's an important point to make because I've heard stories. It's so interesting when I, now that I've sort of publicly been talking about it, people are sharing stories that they, you know, they were kids and they had seizures all the time. And then all of a sudden they became, you know, they went through sort of puberty and off to college and, and went on with their lives and never had another seizure again. Um, and then you hear people that have been on medicine for decades and they, they were diagnosed with epilepsy, but they've never had a seizure, but they don't want to go off their medicine because they don't want to take that risk. I mean, it just sort of runs the gamut, right? Exactly. And, you know, we often think about epilepsy as a rare diagnosis, but in fact, one in 26 people in the U.S. will have a diagnosis of epilepsy in their lifetime. And epilepsy is really um, having two or more lifetime seizures. So you could have a single seizure and not be diagnosed with epilepsy, or you may have multiple seizures, have epilepsy, but the seizures are well controlled and you may never experience another seizure in your lifetime. And yeah. often in children, one in 100 are diagnosed with epilepsy every year. Yeah, it's 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 striking. Um, I know uh, another just thing I want to emphasize too. At my, at my son's school, they didn't have an epilepsy protocol, and it's so interesting because they had something for asthma and for epipens and for some really kind of basic allergies. And um, I remember like when we were diagnosed with this, I'm like, okay, well, what's we're going to do a protocol, right? Because we need to know that that your coaches, because he plays sports, the teachers, the nurse, no need to know what to do if he has a seizure. And I was really surprised that a lot of people don't know what to do. When you talk about these numbers that it's sort of, you know, you probably know someone that's had a seizure. So what do you do when you see someone having a seizure? Because it can be scary. And, you know, watching a seizure is just, it can be a frightening experience because we're, we're not trained in what to do. But there's actually three simple things to remember. And so it's stay, safe, and side. So if you could just remember anything, it's those three words. So stay, if you think someone's having a seizure, we want you to stay with the person and actually start timing the event and the seizure. 
um, it's going to be really important for us, um, for the paramedics or the doctors or nurses who are going to be taking care of the person having the seizure to know how long the seizure was, to know what it might have looked like. Um, and it can also help determine what kind of treatment they might need. Most seizures stop in under a minute, but there are some seizures that last about five minutes. And those are the seizures that might need medication to help the brain shut down the seizure. The other thing is um, to just sort of be safe. And so it's getting um, the person in a position where you might have to move them closer to the ground if they're standing up um, or if they're in a chair. Uh, you want to move objects out of the way. And you may want to just place like a sweatshirt or something just underneath their head if you're on a hard surface. And really, we want you to roll them to their side. Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes, you know, people are always worried. Are they going to choke? Are they going to swallow their tongue? Is something going to happen? And if you move them on their side, the risk of choking definitely decreases. We don't want you to clear their mouth or put anything in um, to put a strap or a spoon or to do uh, put anything in their mouth. Uh, they won't swallow their tongue. They won't choke if there's drool or vomit if you roll them on their side. And the biggest thing we want to uh, make sure people don't uh, do is to restrain a person having a seizure because that can actually lead to more injury if you try to stop the movements um, and injury for you and injury for the person having the seizure. So those are the three big things we can do to help with seizure safety. And also, you know, you always call 911. Um, you, if it's a first time seizure or this is the first time you're witnessing something, if the seizure doesn't stop um, and you feel like it's been going on for several minutes, always calling 911 is a great thing. If they're having multiple seizures and they're not returning back to their baseline, that's also another time to just call and get some extra help. Most often after a seizure, people will be tired. They'll sleep as long as they're responsive and appropriate and sort of if you're pinching them or calling their name and they're kind of mumbling, um, that usually means the seizure is over. So that also helps determine how long a seizure may have lasted. Yeah, and I, the only thing I would add to that is that I, I know, at least in my son's case, um, he it takes him several minutes to kind of know where he is or what happened because here's the thing that and we we kind of laugh about it because it's we've all witnessed him having a seizure and we're all traumatized by it watching it but he has no memory of it right i mean so it's just sort of like we have this vision in our head and he has no idea what has just happened to him um so it does take some time for him to kind of come to and and depending on the length of the seizure he's he will either sleep for several hours or you know just a quick nap um, and also, just to mention, you had mentioned about having protocols in school. Um, so for your audience um, and those who might not be familiar with seizures, there's actually seizure safety action plans. And it is very important if someone has a seizure to help uh, to have your doctor help fill out the forms because it can actually give instructions to the team at school on what to do if there is a seizure. So just like the three things we talked about, um, and also when to call 911, um, um, if there's medication that can be given, when to administer that medication. Yes, yes, yeah, the medication is, there is medication um, to, to sort of stop a seizure if it goes on too long, but obviously the patient can't administer the exactly. the medicine it's got to be with either somebody he's with i know in our case we um if he's with a bunch of his friends his friends have it 
and they know what to do, um, especially now as he gets to be a little bit older. But um, it is sort of this learning curve that you're kind of thrown into. And, and um, so I, I enjoy talking about it because I want to be able to sort of remove the stigma from it because I know for a while as, as a teenager, he was really, um, you know, embarrassed by it. And there's really nothing he can do to control it. Um, and it's just, it's more of a common thing than it's not. So I'm glad that we're talking about it today. Um, it, in the five years, um, I've noticed some changes in, and at least with the type of um, epilepsy my son um, is believed to have, the protocols and medicines have evolved. So what is the future for epilepsy? Is You don't hear a lot about cures. You hear a lot about more of treatments. Um, which is a good thing because a lot of the treatments are affordable and are able to happen are able to be administered relatively easy depending on the type of epilepsy you have. But what what's kind of the future of of epilepsy? So there is a lot of hope in um, epilepsy, the care and treatment, and there are groundbreaking uh, solutions and research that that are happening every day. As we talked about, the field of epilepsy is moving forward, and so we're really focusing on precision medicine and genetics, really trying to identify the root cause of seizures. And is there anything that we can do there that to maybe change the course of seizures and epilepsy? So there's a lot of clinical trials that are happening um, that look at gene therapy. If we introduce some gene therapy, are we able to prevent seizures? Are we able to actually cure epilepsy? These clinical trials also look at specific treatments for different um, diagno uh, genetic diagnosis of epilepsy. And these treatments are really targeting um, all the mutations that are causing the seizures to happen in the brain. There's also a lot of dietary therapies. So there are about 30% of patients with epilepsy that may not respond to just traditional medication alone. So we're looking at diet therapies like ketogenic diet. We're looking at devices actually that we can, um, where we can actually detect the seizure before it starts in the brain and then send signals to tell the brain to shut down the seizure before it even starts. And there are Amazing. a lot of new surgical techniques that are also happening, um, innovative non-invasive techniques, as well as looking at brain modeling. So some of the work I do at Children's National as part of our comprehensive epilepsy team is looking at how do we identify where the seizure is starting in the brain and can we then modulate and regulate a seizure before it even spreads. So the future is really bright for epilepsy, but it's also important as you address to think about epilepsy, not just as seizures, but to really think about the whole person. You know, there, there are, difficulties with epilepsy that impact their whole life, interactions with friends and family, things like driving, um, holding a job. And so we really try to educate our parent, our patients, as well as their families, that you know we, we need to also focus on providing the mental health services that might be needed to talk about, well, now you have this diagnosis. How do you share it with your friends? How do you share it with family? How do you share it in a way where you can be safe if you have a seizure um, and you're not with your close loved ones or family members? Um, how, you know, how do you live with this? And in general, you know, the field is moving to address all those questions and to really think about the whole person. And my approach has always been that, you know, 
having seizures and epilepsy is just one component of your life, but it, you aren't defined by it. And really that we want everyone to live to their full potential, being able to understand um, and not experience limitations. And that's really where we're going as we're working towards a cure. Well, it's incredible what you guys do over you guys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, all of you that what you do over at Children's National, it's just it's incredible. And, and um, you are kind of leading the, the fields for the, the genetic research. I, I understand that from from working with you all. Um, and, you know, today we're talking about epilepsy, but we know that Children's National deals with a lot of other severe illnesses and is just on the leading edge of um making children feel better and treating the whole child. So I appreciate that. I always say children's hospital is um, a place you never want to be in, but once you're there, you're so happy it is there. So thank you so much for your time today and bringing, um, helping me bring awareness uh, to epilepsy during November National Epilepsy Month, Doctor. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kelly. And really, it's so great to be able to talk about this and especially bring awareness to something that's actually very common. And we really hope to keep educating our families and our community about epilepsy and what to do. Thank you. Yeah.